1: down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. School myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory, an anomaly
0: property. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your financial questions. That's what we do. That's how the show works. Email at Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. Uh if you email me at that address, at Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, I will answer your question on this show. Or, or, or I'll just write about it in the newspaper. And you're thinking, newspaper what's that well of course it's what you do to catch the droppings of your small house pets uh this week on the show we're going to talk about how to be a better bank customer <laughs> sort of weird right i have this theory that a lot of times people get in their own way with professional service relationships with their accountant they get in the way with a realtor and they get in the way with their banker so i'm going to have one of our experts here at our offices an expert on banking talk to us about how to be a better bank customer so that you benefit because sometimes we try to get over on people and we only end up hurting ourselves we'll do that in just a moment we have a question about debt and i also want to uh, talk about my column this week which was stalling because i don't remember Oh, how to use a calendar to find opportunity in 2019 joining us on the show i think for the first time ever is uh Chad Meadows, he is our client success coordinator? Specialist. Specialist. He's a specialist here at Your Money Line. Uh, we call him Chad Force. Uh, he's also a drummer. It's true. Uh, father, a brother. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> hi, Chad. Howdy. How are you? Good. So you worked in banking for a really long time. Extremely long. About nine years. That's. I mean, that's. that's pretty long. You know what I mean? The majority of my career. People with uh, services like banking, real estate, accounting, attorneys, people sometimes are their worst enemy because they try to get their most bang for their buck. They try to protect their interests as they should, but oftentimes they end up hurting themselves. And you I were talking about in the offices here recently. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to take some time to help people understand how to be a better bank customer so that they can benefit. So that's what we'll do. Absolutely. Where
2: do we begin? I think the first place to begin is obviously you've got to choose the right bank. Um, there's a lot that goes into it, but you got to pick what is most important to you and what lines up with
0: how you want to do your banking. So. Okay, but it seems like they seem like I'm going to be honest here. Like this is what the show's about. It's about me making bad jokes and modest and moderate honesty. Right. Okay. Banks seem like a commodity to me. Are they not?
2: I think they all offer almost the exact same thing. Okay. Um, but what it boils down to is how do you like to do your banking is it the technology's most important part do you want to walk up to an ATM with your smartwatch and tap it and get your money right away Um, or do you want to go in and talk to a person that's gonna get to know you and your grandchildren and and know you by name when you walk
0: in I think Chad my children are nine and six (laughs) years old I don't have grandchildren not yet you as in the listener the listener yes um you know how I bank I think you've sat in <laughs> you've sat in my car while I've walked in and made a mortgage payment. am I an old fashioned bank customer? No. <laughs> yes. No, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I hey you do your banking
2: yeah. like you like do your banking.
0: That's all that matters. Okay, so right? here's what we're gonna do. And, and and I I wanna tell you how I bank and you tell me like how this affects what I choose. I don't use an app okay. ever. I never use online banking. Uh, I do direct deposit. Maybe go to the ATM once every other month. I don't write checks. I write one check to the mortgage company. That's it. And I want to pay my mortgage in person. What okay. sort of bank do I need? I guess the biggest question I have up front is
2: what do you want to happen when you have a problem? Do you want to call a customer service number? Do you want to know
0: someone in the bank that you need no, to know, talk to? Yeah, that's a, a good question. I'll ask the good questions here. Okay. I think, yeah, I want to talk to someone. I want to be like, Dave or Linda, can you help me out here? And I want Linda to be uh, authorized to be able to fix the problem. Right. So what does that mean? Does it mean I need a small bank or a small credit union? I think you need to find the right person. Above all else, because every bank offers the exact
2: same thing, a debit card, credit cards, checking savings when you go in. At the end of the day, the person that you deal with on a regular basis is going to define your relationship with the bank and, and how much you enjoy it. So I think, you know, even if you if you look at a large local bank in town,
0: each branch is going to be different because it's different people. So so it's about the people and not about the institution. Absolutely. You know, I feel that way about financial advisors. You know, obviously uh, firms spend all this money on marketing and are like other advisors are the best. And I'm like probably not. Some of them might be, one of them might be. I would, yeah, I so so what you're saying is is what holds true In all professional services, it is about the relationship with the individual. Absolutely. So our goal as bank consumers should be to form a relationship with an individual. Absolutely. Okay. Who are the people at the branch and what are the desks about? The desks. So you have your tellers that
2: are going to do all your cash transactions. They're the the people up at the window that hand out the suckers and, and smile at you.
0: And so are those, do I need to have a relationship with a teller?
2: They're great people. You should smile at them and, and treat them well because they, they have a tough job. But at okay, the so end of the day, you, you're going to want to see someone at the desk
0: uh, that is a banker. That's annoying to me. I don't want to go sit down. <laughs> Why am I sitting down and talking to a banker? What is there to talk about? Right. So they're going to be the, the specialists on all the products. But above all else, they're really just the customer service representative and the customer so, facing person. At okay. The so the teller is not the te- I mean, this is the, really deep here. We may be into two segments. Okay. Uh, The teller is an ATM, essentially. That smiles and says, have a nice day at the end. Yeah. Okay. So they can't solve any of my problems. No offense. Right. Essentially, they're just going to say, if there's an issue above a
2: normal withdrawal or deposit, they're going to send you to a banker to to
0: fix whatever your issue is. I feel like, so I have three banks that I have relationships with for various reasons. Um, There's always desks and they're always empty. There's a lot of empty desks and it bothers me. Like, so if I have a problem, i got to go sit down at a desk. Right. Do you see the flaw in this?
2: So I guess that's the benefit to having a relationship with someone is that once that relationship is built, you got to put a little time in, a little bit of effort. But once that relationship is built, you make a phone call and you get some things done that you don't have to go sit at that desk anymore. Okay, I've done that. I've done that. Right. There's so many regulations and privacy laws and things of that nature that if you just call up your bank and you don't know anyone, they really can't help you over the phone or email or whatever your best method of contacting them is – but if you know someone, you know Chad at the bank, yeah. I know you, you're in Florida on vacation for spring break with your kids and you lose your debit card. I know you. I can send you a debit card the next day overnight. If I don't know you, you're going to have to call customer service and hope for the best.
0: Okay. So, so uh, even at a large bank, at a local branch, if you have a relationship with a banker or the manager, they can still get stuff done? Absolutely. Okay, most stuff you would want done they can get done or some stuff you would actually want done. I'd say most. If you're
2: going to make a major account change like adding a sign or something like that, you're always going to have to go into the branch. But um, if you need something like a debit card reissued because you lost one or say, for example, you, you're looking at your statement or, or your app and you notice that there's a transaction that doesn't look like you made it, maybe some fraud's happening, uh, you can just give someone a call if you know them and they'll be able to look at it with you. If, if
0: you don't know anybody, it's likely that they can't even pull up your account. If I don't like people, this is hypothetical, right? <laughs> Clearly <laughs> hypothetical. Let's say I'm a curmudgeon, right? Yeah. And I don't want to talk to anyone, and I just want to use online banking. I want to take a picture of a check and have it deposited and all of that. Am I looking for a completely different bank, or all the big banks sort of offer these services again too? I think you're probably looking for one of
2: the big national banks that's going to be – focusing their efforts on technology is going to be their biggest competitive advantage because they can get that new technology faster. So your big, huge banks are going to have the new deposit with your app. yeah, Or smartphone withdrawals at the ATM. They're going to be the first ones to have that in the market. Everyone else is going to follow along, so eventually it just depends on how fast you want to adopt that technology. It's, it's all going to to come along, regardless, I think, where you're banking.
0: Can you, I was going to say, can you stick around for another segment? But you work here. I work here. Chad, I need you to boss. stick around so for another segment. I'll be here. Because uh, I'm fascinated by this. Because I don't, th- I'm look, I know a lot about money. I know a lot about financial institutions. I just don't know a lot about banks uh, or credit. You, you know what I mean? Like, I just huh, don't. This was sure. your world. So coming up after the break, more with Chad Force, Chad Meadows, our client success specialist. Specialist. This is the Pete the Planner Show, and I'm? Pete the Planner.
1: Uh. Primo B, man. Tiny yeah. Sound good to me. Uh. Uh. I never question the right of any man to voice his opinion as strong against any can. But then again, many men are. Their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revent the camp again. Put down the stamp again.
0: Talking about the biggest Back the Planner again. Show, answering your money questions. Today we're actually answering my money questions. I've got uh Chad Meadows, my client success specialist here at Your money line it's been a lot of the years in the banking industry. In fact, Uh, When people contact us, our clients contact us with banking questions. Generally, Chad answers them. But today, he's answering all my questions. Chad Force, welcome back to the program. Thank you. It's a big moment in your life being on the show. It's my first kind of foray into the radio world. I'm a little nervous, a little shaky, but I feel good. Will you tell your parents and or wife that you did this today? Not a chance. Okay. Um, So we were talking. We're talking banking and trying to understand how to be a better bank customer. I'm going to be honest. I don't really care about fees, and I'm going to tell you why. It's not because I have a lot of money and I'm willing to give up my money. It's that banks do a lot. They clear all your transactions. They like. I, I just don't understand why I wouldn't have a fee. And if I don't have a fee, I'd be wondering, how in the world are they making money on me? And that would bother me. I'm guessing I'm uh, unique in my feelings of that way. Yes. I think the
2: most important thing about fees is, to understand them because I think a lot of people sit down they open their account they listen to the pitch about the free toaster or the free $200 coupon that you get for opening the account and that's all they care about when are they going to get their debit card when can they sign on the app that's it I think the most important thing about the fees is that you're aware of them so you know to expect them yeah. and you know how to avoid some of the maybe overdraft fees I think there's so much marketing out there in the banking industry about hey you have 24 hours to pay us back and avoid the $30 fee yeah. but the other bank you have 12 hours. So I had so many people come in the branch when I was in the bank and say, Hey, I I deposited money. It's only been 24 hours at the bank I worked at. That wasn't our policy. You had to have it in there the same day. So Uh, I think it's just important that you understand that. But it goes back to the relationship that you have with the people there. Um, I could refund any fee I wanted to a certain amount, which was pretty high.
0: So if you just messed up once, I'll just give you the money back. It's no big deal. Is there any incentive for the bank manager or the bank employee to keep a fee in place other than the limits of, of what they could take away? Hey, it boils down to the branch revenue. It's all
2: money. If you're housed under that branch and you open your account there, then that money does go as revenue to the
0: branch. So, again. So if you've got, got a person right. that's like Johnny Overdraft fee, like that's actually good for your branch. Right. I mean, unfortunately, you see people that have thousands of dollars in overdraft fees in a single 12-month rolling cycle, and it's just – it's sad. Yeah. I I guess I'm airing my grievances a a week late in in relation to Festivus here. But I think my biggest beef with banking is that I feel like my bank is much more interested in me spending money than saving money. Is that an accurate – you can't say whether my feeling is accurate, but is my feeling based in reality? I think there's some truth to that. I think
2: you see that in all the different credit card rewards and bonuses and everything you get for spending money. Right. Um, I think there's a big push in banks in general to get into the investing world where there's a lot of money to be made. So I think that you see a a big focus on on banks trying to get you to pull your money from maybe your old 401K um, or another institution that they have their investments at. So I think on the general banking for your everyday consumer that's walking in, we want you to spend money so you can make those transaction fees on your right. credit card. yeah. Um, when you start to work with the higher net worth clients, it's really about gathering all their
0: assets from other institutions. I just feel like, like how I'm marketed to from my banks that I do business with, like I get one that's like, our partnership with Maserati, means I mean, it's like, I don't want a Maserati. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do, but I'm not going to buy a Maserati. And the idea that they're sort of stoking arguably irresponsible financial decisions for their own benefit. Like, you know, we talk about fiduciaries a lot around here, of like who is a fiduciary, who is not. A bank is not a fiduciary. I mean, they have no obligation to lead you down the right financial path, right? Right.
2: The Where I came from, the investment side was a fiduciary. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's the investment but side. The bank side, absolutely. It's... It, It's a sales industry, um, (laughs) above all else. I think you you sit down with a banker, and my job, when I was a banker, was literally to sell you as many of our products as I could. Uh, You better
0: be leaving with a credit card by the time you leave my desk, um, or I'm going to hear about it. So, So, and and you did not work for Wells Fargo, uh, but Wells Fargo, obviously, in the last couple years, has just been getting rightfully destroyed in the public uh, domain because of all the fraudulent activity, opening credit cards in people's names without their knowledge, all all these sorts of things. Um, When you first started hearing about that happening uh, on a mass scale with with Wells Fargo, it couldn't have been that surprising, right? It's shocking, but not surprising. It's shocking they could get away with it with so many accounts.
2: I think it would be easy for an individual um, maybe to open an account here or there but just how widespread it was with Wells Fargo was shocking based on the regulations and procedures that we had where I worked. But um, when you have such high number goals that you have to hit and from a sales standpoint, every single month or quarter and that's what drives everything you do, I can see how um, if it became possible to, to fudge those numbers by opening those accounts that it could be possible. Yeah. All right. So
0: I got a weird one for you now. Okay. You have three choices. You got to think these through. Choice one, uh, you're a banker, by the way, okay? We're role-playing. My name is Dolores. Dolores. Okay. Welcome. Option number one. No, I'm sorry, it's my <laughs> Dolores voice. Uh, I deposit $10,000 into a bank. Yep. Okay, that's option one. And, and what we're getting at is, what is your preference as the banker? Because technically, with me depositing $10,000, then you can have that money and loan it back out to someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two, uh, I borrow $10,000 from you, All right. okay? Number three, I spend $10,000 in transactions mm-hmm. um, that with my debit card or, or credit card, however you choose. Of those three things I just noted, depositing $10,000, borrowing $10,000, or spending $10,000, rank them from uh, best to worst in terms of how it benefits the bank. God, that's a great question. That is a really good question. This is the best question <laughs> I've ever asked on my show in 10 years. And you're part of it. It's not surprising. You bring out the best of me, Chad Forrest. That's a great question. That's a wonderful question. I might write about this. Give me your answer, because I'm just going to steal what you say.
2: I think that the commission that a banker gets on any of those kind of reflects what the bank cares about. Obviously, they're going to push their commission towards what they want. Oh, this is so good. So. That's a great question. The loan is going to pay me the most money as a banker. Okay. So what type of loan? Does it matter? We didn't do any personal loans, so. A credit card um, is going to pay a little less. But if you do a car
0: loan, it's going to be great. So wait, a credit card is considered a loan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Car loan would be great. How much is a banker making on a $10,000 car loan? Probably... God, I love this conversation. You might make it three Depending episodes. on where they work, 50 to 100 bucks. This might make three segments. We may have just blown the entire show out, and we might call it the banking episode. The, the banking episode. What are the chance? Like, if you make it three segments, are you telling your mom that you're on the show? Maybe my mom. Not my wife. Yeah. Definitely not your dad? I'll tell my dad. He's yeah, a good guy. He's a good man. Uh, all right. So, uh, I'm sorry. I was distracted with just adulation. So, the loan, and then the deposit. Okay. So, it make 50 to 100 bucks if I do a car loan. Yeah. Okay. The deposit is next. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if I deposit ten thousand dollars and you help me do it, right? How much commission am I getting? You can make you're getting. You can make
2: money on the, the account itself. It's, mm-hmm. it's a new savings account. So it's like twenty five buck rip or yeah, something. Twenty five ish. Okay, and then you know maybe another ten to fifteen on the ten thousand. Okay. Where you really make money on those deposits when it's a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. Then yeah. you're pretty happy that. That you're opening those, so it's it's all dollar amount dependent. So if you're talking
0: ten thousand dollars, I want the loan versus the deposit. Okay, but if it's a hundred thousand, that might flip. And then how about ten thousand dollars worth of transactions on a credit card or debit card? Because you guys get swipe fees, right? The, from a banker standpoint, I don't care. They don't pay me for
2: okay. people using <laughs> their debit card or so credit great. card. But the, the bank cares. cares
0: absolutely. But then why don't you? How are you not incentivized? They incentivize the customer. That's the whole point of points and stuff, right? They incentivize. The selling of the credit card. So you're going to open the credit card. I'm going
2: to make money. I never have to deal with it again. It took me five seconds to click a button. I made maybe
0: fifteen to twenty-five bucks. And oh, we're going to pick up. I thought, can you? St- you of course, you're sticking around. Another segue. We're with Chad Force, Chad Meadows. Banking episode of the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the
1: Planner. Yeah. Axe hand on the beat. Yes, sir. Glass house. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, A T F U Nettown. Yeah. on baby. Yeah, y'all ain't hip yet. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so
0: back on the Pete the Planner Show banking edition. I know nothing about banking chad meadows client success specialist here at your money line it's a <coughs> company i own uh chad is on the on the show here today with us uh talking banking i'm asking amazing questions and he's answering them in a decent way that's fair um okay so we're, when, we, when we when we left off uh we said that the question was what is better for a banker or what is better for the bank if i borrow ten thousand dollars for a car deposit ten thousand dollars or spend ten thousand dollars in in which then the bank gets the swipe fees can you explain swipe fees because i don't think people truly understand swipe fees yeah when you go
2: to whatever location you're spending your money at you swipe it and a portion of that money goes directly to the bank or the credit card provider uh, that set up that service with them so there's a ton of options and different companies out there that provide you know credit card merchant services and um it's just dependent on the contract, how much that is. It can be you know, up to 2 or 3% that the bank gets every time you swipe your card. So if you go to a store that says you must spend at least $10 to
0: use your credit card or um, they don't accept credit cards, that's probably why. Okay, so a couple things here. I've written about this before, but I have slept since then, so I don't actually remember this, but I, you should know the answer. And if you don't, I mean, we're going to end the segment now. Um, it depends on whether you hit debit or credit, right, as to how the swipe fees go.
2: Yeah, the credit was at one point better for the bank. Where the bank I worked for, it really didn't matter to yeah. us whether it was credit or debit. Back in the day, when you saw a lot more debit card uh, reward programs that have kind of gone by the wayside with some government regulations, I think um, you had to choose credit at the at the store to get the points, and you didn't get anything if you chose debit. That makes there was sense an because incentive for for the bank, yeah,
0: yeah, because there's the the store wants you to choose debit, right. Because it's essentially a cash transaction, mm-hmm. right? And they do they don't even have fees or lower fees? There'll be fees. Um, I think as we go on, it matters less and less whether you pick debit or credit as far as where I came from. But I think credit is better for the bank. Well, let's make a hypothetical example here. Let's say I buy something for $100. And let's say the swipe fee is for a credit card is? 3%. 3%. So that means the uh, retailer is getting $97. Right. Okay. I get my lotion. That's what I purchased. (laughs) $100 lotion. Shut up, Chad. I'm (laughs) just kidding. That's very rude. If if there's any kids listening, don't ever use the S word like I just did. In our house, that's the S word. They don't know the real one. The real one. Not yet. They do, but but we don't say it. They might know it. Anyway, here we go. Sorry. I I get a bunch of lotion. It's a tub of lotion. It's unscented. The retailer gets $97. Yeah. Where does the $3 go? To the bank? hmm Okay, so it's that simple. There's not like a, a middle man or anything like that? It depends on the relationship with the bank and
2: the credit card company. So there may be a relationship where Visa takes a portion. For the bank I worked at, Visa was the only credit card that we issued. Okay, versus now this is interesting. Get- so there's a relationship with there where, where Visa's going to get some, the bank's going to get some. What that breakdown is, I don't know. Uh,
0: Oh, but there's a there's a lot of money going around. There. So, OK, but if OK, no, that was a credit card transaction. Now I'm going to a different store and buying a specialty lotion. It smells a little differently. It's one hundred dollars and I'm using my debit card. Hypothetically, what would be like a swipe fee for that? Where I came from was the exact same. OK, it was the same. Was the same. So at that point, the retailer. But there was a time when there this was mattered. A time, right. For sure. But you said because of regulation, it that changed. I can't give you
2: the exact specifics on the numbers, but there was some regulation several years ago that limited the total amount that a bank was able to charge on those swipe fees Mm -hmm. in a transaction. And that's exactly where those rewards come from. So the bank isn't just generous and wants to give you airline miles every time.
0: They're taking a portion of that money that they get and applying it towards those bonuses. So the more you spend, the more they make, and the more they're willing to share with you, incentivize you to spend do you, this is, and I'm not asking you to speak for you. By the way, this is all your opinion. By the way, right. a lot of fact. By the a lot of fact, and 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 on this show, when we give opinion, we try to say this is my opinion, uh, as opposed to fact. But do you believe banks then um, are incentivized to induce people spending? I think, in my opinion, yes. Okay.
2: I think they're. Are some really good people out there that have the best interest of the client at heart, and that's why it's so important to find that person. Totally, because at the end of the day, that's that's why I came to work here for yeah. your money line. This guy really cared, and at the end of the day, about helping people with their finances. Yeah, in a bank situation where sales and numbers being generated is the key measure for everything, sometimes you're just not incentivized to really spend that time that it takes to you know help someone with their budget, help someone walk through the best way to get a mortgage, something like that. It's how many credit cards can I sell today? So at the end of the day, yes, I think you are mostly incentivized by getting people to spend money or borrow money.
0: I I, want to point out, though, I'm not trying to vilify banks or lenders for that matter, because what I'm really trying to do is to educate the consumer. Because if anyone should be vilified in this, and this is actually a controversial comment, it's the consumer because the consumer doesn't take the time to understand this stuff. Right. Right. And I'll take this a step further. In 2008, 2009, when people started losing their homes and all the horrible, horribleness that was the Great Recession, right? Yeah, that's what, we're call- Is that what we called it. Is that we called it? hmm Is that what? And ultimately, that's what we called it. Yep. I blame people not understanding how much they should borrow. Versus what the banks told them that they could borrow. Right. And I've long said it on this show that if you ask a bank how much you can afford, they they won't actually answer that question. They'll, they'll play a little wordplay and they'll say, this is how much we'll let you borrow. Right. Um, and I don't blame them for that. They're they're in that business. Now, I, you've seen Mary Poppins, right? mm mm-hmm. um, So I just saw the new Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns or More Poppin. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Great movie. Both movies are great movies. And in the in the, in the movie, uh, the first movie, the original Mary Poppins, there, there's that scene at the bank, you know, where George Banks works, uh, and and you know they want people to save their money, right? That's like a whole thing. What's interesting about Mary Poppins Returns is even though it's just a few, you know, a couple decades later, the role of the bank has completely shifted. And and I found culturally, as you're watching that movie, and we're now doing movie reviews here on the Peter Planner Show that it really was an interesting choice in the filmmakers to say, we are actually now going to vilify banks in this film, mm-hmm. whereas before, it was sort of a scary thing, the scary in the first uh, movie, but it still was this place that helped you. Right. I remember as a going to little kid, I grew up in Speedway, Indiana, and there was a NBD bank, National Bank of Detroit, that my mom used to take me into. And I just remember, uh, I remember thinking like, what a cool place. I mean, there's a velvet rope, right? <laughs> there's a safe with a giant dial on it, you yeah. know? And I just remember thinking, wow, these people are trying to, to really help me. But what you're telling me here today is, Chad, you can still find that if you find the right person. Absolutely. And the right person that will really help you navigate the fees. And it's not like they're trying to hurt the bank or to to benefit you. They're just doing the right thing. And And I guess the question is, is a banker in today's society still empowered to do right by their customers? Yes. I think even the last several years that I
2: was at the branch, even the number, the limit on fees I could refund went from 100 to $500. It, That's empowering. Yeah. It's a big number. It can make a big difference. And that happens a lot, very often that people come in and have those fees, and it makes a big difference when you can refund them. I think the good news is, that the majority of the people I've come across in the banking industry are the people that you'd want to work with. Yeah. I haven't run across very many at all that would give bad advice in the sales process. They may push a credit card. They may push an auto loan when the the better advice might be to figure out how to pay for this in cash or pay for um, a cheaper car, something like that. But at the end of the day, I think that they're, they're mostly good people out there that you can trust. I think it just takes the time to sit down with someone and get to know them a little bit and, um, Fill them in on your life, what matters
0: to you most, and, and they're going to be a good advocate for you. You have done the rare feat of coming on to do one segment and to make it all for. What a pleasure. For someone. Some. My uh, mom, s- probably. If you told her. Yes. If, Mrs. Meadows, hello, if you are listening. It's a pleasure to work with uh, your daughter-in-law's husband. Uh, you that. <laughs> um, okay so here's what we'll do coming up after the break i want to put a bow on the banking episode just a couple little things here and there then we'll hit biggest waste of money of the week we'll even let chad force weigh in and i'll explain how that works he doesn't listen to the show everybody he's (laughs) never listened to the show all right you know what we'll come back ask him if he's listened to the show all that's next on the pete the planner show let's see if chad listens
1: Stay true to my and water the trees this week's
0: biggest waste of look money of the week is... We'll get that in a second. You're listening to the Pete the Planner, the the planner, planner Show. Uh, banking edition. All. I don't know why. I had a lot of questions about banking. Uh, my coworker, Chad Meadows, our client success uh, specialist, joins me and spent a lot of time in the bank industry any of the people you serve any of our partners that you serve on a regular basis i wonder if they are podcast slash radio listeners and then you will get emails from them and they'll be excited that you were on here if they are hey guys uh chad have you ever listened to the radio show yes that
2: doesn't sound like my my first week here
0: yes i had to check it out you i loved it that was a long time ago chad yeah
2: there's football on sundays i'm a little busy on sunday afternoons you started working in the spring.
0: Okay, so um, <laughs> biggest waste of money. To, oh, 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 we'll put a bow on the on, on the banking thing. Bottom. Oh, oh here's the question I would ask. Why do I keep interrupting myself? It's not like Dan Deerdorf. Do you remember when Dan Deardorff used to do Monday Night Football? Were you too young for that? I do not remember that. <sighs> Moving on. Anyway, he used to interrupt himself all the time. He'd be making a point. He would stop making his point to make another point, but he would just constantly interrupt himself, and <laughs> it was nearly unlistenable. But he was a very nice man. Um, where do credit unions come into all of this? I mean, obviously, I know with credit unions, the depositors are the owners, per se, of the bank, right? I mean, it, and it's a not-for-profit right. entity. Is anything that we talked about today in, in regards to banking not true when it comes to a credit union relationship? I think it just boils down
2: to if you care about that big national, anywhere you're traveling, you're going to have access, or if you want something that's a little more involved in your local community, Yeah, I think the people even in a big bank can be involved obviously in their local community but I think those credit unions are gonna be even more so Um, they can be a great place to get some of those loans at a a better rate sometimes sure Um, but beyond that I think they offer very similar things they're coming on board with the technology a little bit slower than the major banks I think but it's gonna be there Uh, they're adding more and more technology from an app standpoint every day and I think
0: that the user experience is gonna be really similar all right, we're going to get to Biggest Waste of... Thanks for being on the show this week. I'm thank going to thank you. you later, too, but stick around. We're doing do Biggest Waste of Money of the Week. Uh, I've got two. You've got two. You're going to do Banking Biggest Wastes of Money, and I'm going to do my normal... I'll start, though. Uh, the first Biggest Waste... You know how this works? Yeah. Because you listen to the show once. It was great. The Amish Popcorn Library, grown in the heart of northern Indiana's Amish country, this assortment of popcorn is far from the microwave stuff you'll get at the store. Each variety, from midnight blue to baby yellow, is the work of Brian Lehman, who, by the way, I'm, I'm going to quick time out. I'm going to interrupt myself here, Dan Durdorf style. <laughs> I've just said a man's name, and in a minute, I'm going to disparage this entire concept. But now it feels personal <laughs> because I said Brian <laughs> Lehman's name. Uh, continuing, who works the crops on his 25 acre family farm. 12 four-ounce bags of all-natural, non-GMO popcorn are contained within each with its own unique color and flavor profile. Chad Force? Okay, this is how – so you get – I'm looking at it right now. You get 12 four-ounce bags of Amish popcorn. 12 four-ounce bags of Amish popcorn. It's sold at Williams-Sonoma. Okay, so this is not like... You can't just go to Brian's Farm in northern Indiana, which we could. Right. We legitimately could drive up there. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey B-Man. Uh, and we could get some popcorn. But you're buying it from Williams-Sonoma. And it's Amish popcorn. It, it is shipped via horse. <laughs> How much do you think this costs? 12 bags, 4 ounces. I'll do the math. That's 48 ounces of popcorn. I think... Ninety-eight dollars. Uh, you guess a little high. It's forty bucks, but that's still a lot. Although I will say, you buy one bag of Boy Scout popcorn. The Boy Scouts have high prices on their popcorn, true. and I always feel bad saying that because I want to. I man, I'm, those kids are out there doing good stuff in their community. They charge a lot for their popcorn. It's like popcorn is going extinct. It's just a donation where you happen to get some popcorn in return. It really is. With yeah. the cookie though, the Girl Scout cookie. I've talked about this on the show for ten years. You almost feel like you're not paying enough for the Girl Scout cookies. That's true. I'm a Thin Mint guy. What are you? Uh, Tagalogs and uh, Samoas. Okay. Both uh, refrigerated. Don't like the Thin Mints. I'll have them, but I'm not into them. Frozen Thin Mints. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, continuing. What's your biggest waste of money week, banking-wise? First one
2: seems too easy but it's overdraft fees Okay, oh, yeah of course there's no reason that anyone should ever overdraft the banks even are making it easier and easier to avoid it you can sign a little piece of paper that says do not let me overdraft and you will be declined if you're going to overdraft now I get, I get there's emergencies out there and sometimes you you got to put gas in your car to get home something sure. like that but um,
0: there's grace periods there's every tool available to avoid them so avoid them that's fair Uh, My second biggest waste of money of the week, by the way, isn't actually a waste of money. I'm going to make an endorsement. Yeah, that's rare on this show. The uh, Anova Nano sous vide precision cooker. Anova has been making sous vide circulators for over 10 years. The Nano takes all that know-how and packs it into a kitchen drawer friendly package. Able to cook food perfectly all the way through with a temperature range of 32 degrees to 197 degrees degrees fahrenheit it delivers outstanding results no matter what you're preparing bluetooth lets you check on the proceedings from afar and gives you access to over 1,000 recipes for every skill level whether you're an accomplished chef or struggle to make instant ramen it is 64 dollars chad force have you ever had sous vide prepared food i have not so i love sous vide prepared food I made my Thanksgiving turkey this way. I made my Christmas beef tenderloin this way. What you do is you take a plastic bag and you put meat in it. And then you uh, heat a a vessel of water, a rig, if you will, and you put this stick in it, this digital stick, which circulates water and heats it and holds it at a precise temperature. Therefore, anything that goes into the vessel in plastic so you don't get meat juices everywhere... uh, it will go to that exact temperature. So the problem with cooking a steak, of course, everyone knows, is that you can undercook it or overcook it, and that's a problem, and it's wasteful, and people don't enjoy it. But by doing this, you can cook it to the exact temperature you want, and it will make a delicious, perfect piece of meat. And for $64, that is a steal. It's called sous vide, and it's spelled S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. So it looks like sous vide, yeah. which is not how you pronounce it. It's sous vide, $64. Chad, you like a piece of meat. I'm a big steak guy. You are a big steak guy. I recommend this, I'm and here's what it. here's what I would do. I would get the—I'll make you one sometime. I'll bring it in. You, you cook it in this thing, and then you sear it on the grill. Okay. So you can still get the crust and the yeah. crunchiness you want. What's your last banking biggest waste of money of the week? I think— Private mortgage insurance. Ah, uh, PMI.
2: A good old thing that you pay as a part of your mortgage payment every month uh, for many of you. And <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the end of the day, it, it does nothing for you. It protects the bank. So until you get under, um, oh, you got to own at least 20% of your house before you're going to stop paying that. Um, so the bigger down payment you can make, the better.
0: Avoid paying that fee every month that does nothing for you. And, and by the way, um, it used to be you could get a second loan like I remember our first loan was an 80 10 10 so it means right we, the first loan was for 80% of the value of the home the next loan was for 10% of the value of the home and then we put down a 10 uh percent down payment but that second loan the 10% was at a higher rate than the first loan do people still do that
2: not not where i come from we just don't go that high on loan to value so you're essentially borrowing 100% of the value of your house which we learned in 2008 was a bad idea. No,
0: you weren't. You're putting 10% down. You're putting 10% down. Okay. 80, 10, 10. Yeah. Not borrowing three loans, two loans. Two. Okay. But yeah, still, yeah, still I, I don't feel like those are as common anymore. Right. And, and the other thing is now there's all sorts of rules and regulations and dotting of I's and crossing of T's to be able to get the PMI taken off. Right. Which is a hairy thing to try to navigate. So how'd it go? Your first episode of uh, the radio show. This was fun. Different. You said fun, like you said this is fun, and you like had this surprised look on your face. <laughs> what do you think? I had
2: no idea what to expect
0: because you don't listen to the show.
2: I do sometimes.
0: at your performance review uh, coming up here in about six months, we'll see how many shows you've listened to. Got it. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Thank you, appreciate it. All right, uh, that's it for this week's show. Go to PeteThePlanner.com to learn more. I'm sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in my budget. I'm Pete the Planner, and this is my show. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss <laughs> financial planning. The flies. Consult a divisor. advisor.
1: The third rock gave me to my Earth family and told me to create, and so I am. pin in my hand, microphone on the stand over vinyl. I command and demand. Magnificence in an instance. I can make you dance, cry, or love. Fly as a dove, released from Everest. The fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation it's amazing so amazing i'm the reason uh, salutations i bring you love trying greetings from a faraway away land i am the sole controller put the remote down and let me take control you're now a part of my zone so enjoy yourself love trying can restore your health i bring you greetings uh, salutations how you doing and is that how y'all say it